are a big failure, though. I know you never make anything of yourself. Come on back to Wapsahatchee and clean these houses again, failure. What? No, I-I-I'm not a failure. <laughs> Bessie's a failure, Bessie's a failure. <laughs> oh, no, Bessie is failing. Take cover, folks. No! The nightmares came almost nightly. When I was laid up in my bed recovering from that plane crash, I had a broken leg, cracked ribs, and my body was covered in cuts and bruises. Ow! But there was a different damage that no one else could see. American Urban Radio Networks and Flying Free Films present Invisible Eagles' Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP, and starring Quivenjene Wallace as Bessie. Episode 7, Live, Love, Laugh. Did you know that AARP is fighting for America's over 48 million family caregivers who help adults live independently in their homes instead of being forced into nursing homes? Family caregivers need common sense solutions that will save them time and money and provide them with more support. Go to AARP.org for more information on caregiving. Now, back to the story. I spent the first part of my recovery in a Los Angeles hospital, but as soon as I was able to travel, I came home to Chicago. Ooh, those reporters are back, sniffing around outside. What you want me to tell them? Tell them that as soon as I can walk, I'm going to fly. My friend Phyllis would come by my apartment every morning before work to get me set up for the day. Bessie Coleman, get your tail back in that bed. Phyllis, if I have to spend one more minute lying down, I will kill someone. You only got one good leg, girl. Who are you gonna catch to kill? You, if you keep trying to tell me what to do. Ain't nobody taking you seriously. Get back in bed. Fine, warden. If this were a prison, best believe I'd have you handcuffed to the bed by now. Phyllis. None of that whining is gonna do you any good around here. Your doctor said to rest and elevate that leg. So that's what's happening as long as I'm around. Okay, you don't have to be around. I'm doing just fine. Ow! Oof, Bessie. Here, let me help you to the couch. What am I supposed to do with myself, Phyllis? I've never done nothing before. No one said you have to do nothing. I can get you some books from the library. And I bet if I brought you some paper and a pen, you'd have an interesting story to tell. I'm supposed to be in the air. No, you're supposed to let your body heal so you can get back in the air. There's a big difference. Phyllis was right. I could hardly walk to the bathroom. So flying a plane was definitely out of the question. Just give yourself time. You'll be back. Better than you were before, I promise. What I didn't want to admit to her, and maybe even myself, was that I was having a difficult time. I couldn't figure out who Bessie Coleman was without the skies. She had the perpetual sense as she watched the taxi cabs of being out, far out, to sea. 
Since the warden was making me stay in my bed, I ended up rekindling the love I had for books in my childhood. She always had the feeling that it was very, very dangerous to live even one day. And just like when I was a child, being transported out of my situation and into another world is likely what saved my life. Hello? Miss Coleman, we haven't received your payment this month. You didn't? That, that, that's peculiar. I put a check in the mail. I had not put a check in the mail. I'll check with the postman in the morning. I was getting dangerously low on funds, and I needed to get creative. This should be all of it. Robert Abbott agreed to let me do some bookkeeping for him while I was still bedridden. I appreciate the work, Robert. That helped me keep afloat. After a few weeks, I could get around without the crutches, and I didn't need as much help. Kojo? Standing before me, in all his chocolate glory, was Prince Kojo. Hello, Bessie. It's lovely to see you again. Please, come in. Sorry, my place is a mess. Definitely not befitting a prince. <laughs> Everything looks fine. Well, what are you doing here? I read in the paper that you'd had a crash and were home in Chicago recovering. I hope it's all right that I came to see you. <laughs> I'm happy you're here. Me as well. It'd been years since we'd met in Paris, but everything felt instantly familiar and comfortable. I told him there was no way I'd do the film. It was insulting. <laughs> You're right, I should've. Kojo stayed with me, and we fell pretty quickly into a sweet routine, almost like a married couple. How should I cut these potatoes? A little smaller than that, in one-inch squares. And I leave the brown stuff on or cut it off? <laughs> the skin? You don't cook much, do you, your highness? Much? Never. My mother tried to teach me. She always believed that people should be self-sufficient and be able to care for themselves. But my father thought she was mad. Boys don't belong in the kitchen, especially princes. Well, lucky for you, I believe men can absolutely help in the kitchen. Here, let me show you. Kojo and I went for walks most days to exercise my leg. I enjoyed showing him my city and all it had to offer. I liked the tube of meat we had for lunch. <laughs> the hot dog? What an odd thing to call it. It's hot, but it's not dog meat, correct? It's not a dog, but no one really wants to know what's in it. We just enjoy it. I see. Everyone thinks being part of a royal family is only about the fancy things, but it can be frustrating too. Please tell me what's frustrating about having lots of money and power. For one, being told what I can and can't do, and having no control over my future. I'm sorry to hear that. I don't say this to elicit pity, but to remind you how lucky you are. You can do whatever you want, Bess, and I'm not only speaking about your career. You are in control of your life. So live it. My time with Kojo was invaluable. I am going to miss you, Bessie. Kojo had been staying with me for several weeks, but 
it was time for him to return home. Thank you so much for just coming to check on me. It has been the pleasure of my life. Mine too. I made this for you. A paper airplane? To remember me by. Thank you. But I won't need anything to remember this time I've spent with you. I won't either. Don't forget to live, Bessie Coleman. We didn't say we loved each other, though I know it was true. And we didn't promise to write. I think deep down we knew that this would be the last time we would see each other. And we let the beautiful moment be what it was. You're listening to Invisible Eagles' Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP. AARP is fighting for America's over 48 million family caregivers who help older adults live independently in their homes instead of being forced into nursing homes. Every day, family caregivers assist their older parents, spouses, siblings, grandparents, and other loved ones so they can live independently in their homes where they want to be. They help with everything, including medication, Vacations and Medicare, meals, bathing and dressing, finances, grocery shopping, transportation, and more. Go to AARP.org for more information on caregiving. Now, back to the story. Thank you. Does anyone have any questions? Yeah, when are you getting back in the air? I hadn't flown in almost a year, and the medical bills cleared out my savings. Bookkeeping helped, but I needed to get back to work. I'm still recovering from my accident, so I can't give you an exact date, but it will be soon. I miss it. Until I was well enough to return to flying, speaking engagements were my bread and butter. Since I'm in front of a mostly Negro audience, I would like to take this time to encourage you to take an interest in aviation. And not just as a viewer, anyone can learn to fly and I plan on opening a flight school that's just for us. I hadn't seen my friends in a long time, so I invited them over. Phyllis and Robert Abbott were there, and Josephine Baker was in town, so she came too. So, Phyllis tells me you were in here playing house with a prince? Phyllis! Why are you telling all my business? Girl, please! Like you not bursting at the seams to tell us yourself? You're right. Spill it! I need to live vicariously through your life! <laughs> <laughs> A little later, I brought out the projector to show footage of a few of my air shows. As they watched me do death spirals and flips on the projector, I was surprised to see them react exactly like the people at my live air shows. I think I should make money off these films. How? I can show them during my speaking engagements. Not everyone can make it to an air show. I bet I sell more tickets if they knew they'd be able to watch me fly. I think that's bloody brilliant. So, that's what I did. This move I'm doing right here is called a figure eight. As you can see, I'm flying the aircraft in the shape of the number eight. By adding films to my appearances, I more than doubled the tickets I sold. It didn't take long for me to pay off all of my debt. I hadn't gone out much since my accident. All I did was work. So my friends deemed themselves the official directors of fun in my life, and they took their job seriously. Come dance with us! My leg. 
You know, it's fine. Don't make me drag you out here on the dance floor. Okay, okay. We went to the beach quite a bit. There's something healing about the water. Just listen to that. <sighs> we also spent a lot of time in the house just playing cards. I'm about to run a Boston on you. Bad chance. <laughs> it was exactly what I needed to get back to who I really was. It had been over a year and a half since my accident, and I was getting used to living life on the ground. I started to think that maybe I could make a career out of traveling all over the world, telling people about my time up in the air. It would be a very respectable way to spend my time. Are you Bessie Coleman? Yes, I am. And what's your name? Sarita. Nice to meet you, Sarita. Here. What's this? A paper airplane. I want you to have it. That's very sweet of you, but I don't want to take your only airplane. I make them all the time with my mommy. I want to be a pilot, just like you. You do? Mm-hmm. And my mommy says I can be a pilot because you did it first. I watched Sarita skip away, and I knew I couldn't stay on the ground. I had to get back in the air, not for me, but for her and all the other people who needed to see it before they could be it. Columbus, welcome to our Labor Day air show. It had been two years since I'd flown for a crowd. And what a crowd this was. I estimated 10,000 people easily, and most were there to see my glorious return to the skies. Get out of your head, Bessie. The skies are where you belong. Come on, girl, you got this. The world needs you. And my mommy says I can be a pilot because you did it first. Let's welcome back to the sky, Brave Bessie. All my nerves melted away and I hopped into that plane like no time had passed. My borrowed plane performed like a champ as I moved through my stunts. And the crowd loved it. Bessie's back. That's right. I'm back. I invited my manager, David Benke, to come to my home. We hadn't seen each other since my accident. Bessie, I'm so happy you asked to see me. I have big plans for you now that you're back. That's great, so do I. We're going to New Jersey, Gary, Los Angeles. All of that is perfect, David, but I want you to add some southern states to the tour. You do? Um, uh, I don't have to remind you how difficult things are for colored people down there, do I? Really? Right. So, if you know, why would you want to put yourself through that? I'm from the South. Those are my people. They deserve to see me fly just as much. Maybe even more. It's not about that. It's about your safety and the safety of the colored folk who attend your shows. No. I don't think I can do that. Oh, you mistake why I called you here. I wasn't asking, David. I want to start doing shows down south. Oh, no, I won't do it. I respected David for looking out for me, but it wasn't his place to tell me no. I knew what I wanted to do, and if he wasn't on board, I'd take care of it myself. Okay, then. It's been a pleasure working with you, but I think our time together... It's finished. But, Bessie... I wish you the best of luck. You too, Bessie. You too. The South was my home. 
and I wasn't afraid to go back. But maybe I should have been. Welcome home. <laughs> it had been some years, but the South hadn't changed much at all. You're listening to Invisible Eagles, Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP, a production of American Urban Radio Networks and Flying Free Films.